For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And before we jump into today's topic, we want to let you know that our show is brought to you by the YouTube Marketing Summit by Social Media Examiner. And you can get details and find out how to sign up at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. Again, that's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. And we are so excited to be joined today by Louise Brogan, and we're going to explore new LinkedIn company page features, updates to LinkedIn ad targeting, and much more. So if you don't know Louise, she is from Northern Ireland, and she is a LinkedIn trainer and speaker. She's host of Linking In with Louise podcast and the founder of LinkedIn Learners Lab. That's a lot of L's. She's a contributor to Social Media Examiner, where you can find a lot of her articles. Uh, some of the recent ones are how to enhance LinkedIn marketing with video, how to use LinkedIn events to promote online or in-person events. Louise, I'm so excited you're here for the first time. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff and Grace. It's really, really lovely to be part of your show today. Awesome. Awesome. So glad, so glad that you get, you get to be here with us. Absolutely. So let's jump into these stories. So the first thing is LinkedIn rolled out three new features for the LinkedIn company pages. Mm -hmm. So these aren't your personal profiles. These are the pages that companies have to showcase, you know, their work, their content, everything that they're sharing. So they rolled out uh, three new features to help organizations stay connected with the communities that matter most to them and including their own employees. So we're going to go through these one by one, but I wanted to quickly give you a good overview. So one is the My Company tab, which is built to design, which is designed and built to support the community of employees within the company. They're also rolling out an events tab, which will showcase your upcoming events. And this is ideally to drive viewership and engagement with your targeted audience. And then another really cool feature is the view page followers, which gives you really deep insights into the community that you are building. But let's start with this company tab first. So again, it's designed for employees as features such as employee milestones, announcing promotions, anniversaries, new hires. It also shows the trending content that employees within your company are posting on LinkedIn. Coming soon, LinkedIn notes that it'll also add tools for content creation and live broadcasting on this My Company tab. So tell us, Louise, what are some ways that companies can leverage this content curation and the live broadcasting tools now in uh, in preparation for its eventual rollout? Yeah, so I think that my company tab is really exciting, a really exciting new feature. It's only going to be available for companies with over 200 registered employees on LinkedIn, as in 200 people who have said that they work for this company on LinkedIn. So it's the larger organizations at the start. 
And it's really going to be about trying to, because of 2020 and the whole of lockdown and, and COVID and the impact it's mm-hmm. had on office workers across the world, the idea, I think, behind it all is to really build the connection between people who are, a lot of people who are working from home, so the office workers who maybe would have met around the water cooler or gone for coffee at 10 o'clock, they are not having that connection and, 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 con- and contact with their fellow employees. So this is a way to kind of bring people within your company together. And it's going to really to encourage the employees as well to produce their own content. So they're going to highlight trending co-workers content. Now, I'm not sure um, how that's going to go down because you'll have people who are more comfortable creating content and others who maybe aren't so comfortable. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um, with the employees. But I think encouraging people to connect with each other on LinkedIn through your company is, it can really be a good thing. One thing that I did find out though, that if I said that I worked for a company, the company has to appeal to LinkedIn if I don't work for that company. So I'm not sure about the privacy here because the My Company tab content is only accessible to people who say they work at that company but right now there's nothing to stop me saying that I work at a particular company and the page admins are going to have to keep a bit of a close eye on that and make sure that the people who say they work there actually do (laughs) (laughs) so Um, so are they going to have to go through like the the company directory and go oh I see Louise oh she actually does work here and and check them off is that how it's going to have to work there's going to have to be some kind of checklist I think to protect the privacy of the communication between those employees. But I think in the meantime, what people could be doing, so page admins could be doing in the meantime, is starting to really build up the content that they're sharing with their employees on their company pages in the public feed. So the My Company tab is not actually, um, hasn't been released yet, Mm -hmm. even for these larger companies, it is coming soon, but it hasn't been released yet. So in the meantime, I think it would be a good idea for companies to ask their employees to attach themselves to the company page, check out the content that's being shared there. And I think the idea would be that it's to encourage the employees to start creating content and keeping an eye on the content that is being um, shared by their company before they even get near the company page. Gotcha. <laughs> so you mentioned having to check, make sure, is there a way, because I know we see this a lot, like so people say they work for Social Media Examiner and they really don't. Um, and so <laughs> is there a way, Is I mean, because that seems like it's, like you said, it's they're going to really have to check. They can't just say, you know, yes to everybody on these big organizations. So one of the things that's only going to be available for people at the start it's not available for anybody who's smaller than 201 employees. So in yes, their company right. size. So I know a lot of people are going, oh man, you know, they're feeling like the small company is like, oh, we're going to use that. Yeah. So do you have any advice for like small companies? How can they can still make use of their LinkedIn pages, even if they don't have that feature? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And one of the, the new features that they're really promoting in 2020 as well is the ability for LinkedIn company pages to host events. Mm. So events are um, can be public or private. So a company page could create a private event on their page and only allow access to that through to their employees. So you can still create, you know, say, a webinar, like a weekly training webinar or a you know, end of month to get together for people who are working across different cities and different states. So I would really encourage people to test out events. I think events on LinkedIn um, have real potential. And you know, 
for a company, you'll be be a bit, you think outside the box a little bit, create a company event to encourage your employees to feel like they're part of something bigger. Because, you know, in this day and age, people could be working in the same team, but working in different countries. So this is a really good tool, a way of like connecting your um, employees together, I think. Mm. So events, yeah, definitely start using events. But also the other thing is that I know that one of the stats I found today, I can't remember, I need to check where it was from, but it said that 30% of the people who engage with company pages are actually the employees of the company. So one of the things that I do, I, I do corporate workshops for people. And one of the easiest ways to encourage your employees to share content on LinkedIn in their personal profile is to be consistently sharing really interesting information on posts on your company page, helping your employees to come up with something that they can actually share and talk about in their personal feed as well. I'm a huge advocate for company pages. We can't tell at all. Yeah, I think (laughs) so that's, there is a a kind of a follow-up question just so people who may not be super familiar with LinkedIn and and a lot of people have their own LinkedIn profile, but they kind of company pages, what is that? So, cause like Jody asked, could someone looking for a job at a particular company try to connect with an employee at said company? Is a company page only open to employees? Cause we kind of mentioned that news before. So can you kind of clarify exactly what a company page on LinkedIn is and its use? Absolutely. So a company page is created by an organization or a company. So I have a company page, even though I am a solo entrepreneur. So my business, Social BNI, has its own company page. Mm. And you can follow company pages. So as a user, so as Louise Brogan, the user, I have my personal profile here. and I have my company page here. And I can go as the personal profile and follow other company pages and share content, read what they're sharing about, and um, share it into my newsfeed. Um, I put my podcast usually on my own company page mm. once a week, whereas my personal profile, I might be sharing content um, a couple of times a week. Although people look at my profile going, we share more than a couple <laughs> of times a week. <laughs> gotcha. um, but yes, the company page is like the showcase um, for showing what your company does. And if you're Hoping to you know, go and work at a company, absolutely go and check out their company page, see um, what kind of stuff they're sharing there, start to engage with it and get, you know, raise your visibility with that company before you even apply for a job with them. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's good advice. So another new tab, another new update, I'm sorry, was the uh, view page followers. Yeah. So with this, page owners can now see the people who are following them and sort out their followers based on current comp company, industry, and location. And this new feature supposedly also shows insights on these followers, such as how they found your page and when. Mm-hmm. But uh, And before this change, they said that you could only see the number of followers and some basic demographic uh, breakdown. So tell us, what can a marketer at these companies do with this new information? What possibilities does this open up? And what does it mean for regular LinkedIn users like you and I when we're not doing our work? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually really a fascinating new data that you can get from the company page. As the page admin, if you go to your company page and you go to analytics and there's a little drop down menu and the third one says page followers. So if you click on that, you can export the data. Now, when you export the data into a spreadsheet, it will not give you the person's name, but it will give you what country they're in and the seniority of their job title, what industry they're in. So if, for example, as the page admin, you are trying to attract, so say you're working in, 
you're trying to sell software to accountants right. and you're putting out content that you're hoping is attracting accountancy firms. You can now export all that data and you can see well, how, how, what percentage of our followers are actually working in accountancy firms and what country are they in? And um, so which is the most popular country? Where is our, you know, is our software more popular in Portugal than Germany? Um, you can't see the person's name, but I find this really fascinating. When you look at that, those page follower analytics on LinkedIn, you can see the person's name, their headline, and when they started following your page. So for somebody who is marketing to particular people, so for example, when I looked at my page follower analytics um, yesterday, there was a, an MD of a company mm. that I really like to get in front of to work with. So when I saw his name in the page followers, I can click on his name, which takes me to his personal profile. And then I can send a connection request and open up a conversation because I know he's already interested in my company because he's following my company page. Mm. So there's definitely, I'm the kind of person that likes to go on little rabbit holes with data <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the internet. Well, and so I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And it's a great way to network because that's like, that's really uh, like a, a hidden gem that you just kind of mentioned how to do that. Go back behind the scenes and see who's following mm -hmm. you and then go back to their profile. That's, that's great advice, Louise. Mm -hmm. um, I want to bounce back to this event tab because I think this is pretty exciting. So one of the, the blurbs, I said, it's to showcasing your upcoming events to drive viewership and engagement with target audiences. So now, because we reported on a couple other Friday shows about Facebook events and um, yeah. they're starting to be able to be monetized through mm -hmm. Facebook site. Is there any way to monetize LinkedIn events through LinkedIn as of now? Or is that coming? What are your, what have you heard about that? Because I know People, especially LinkedIn, if you're having like a webinar or something, you know, that's a great way to put it. If you could gate it in some way in mm -hmm. LinkedIn, you know, even just getting emails, that would be pretty powerful. So can you do something yeah. like that with events yet? So you can't actually monetize it directly on LinkedIn. But when you create an event, there is a link where you could link to a ticketing website. So a third party ticketing website. And I have done this so that I run a, a three-part workshop mm -hmm. and I create it as an event on LinkedIn, which means that I can invite my followers to, I can literally invite them to the event. But if they want to come to the event, they have to click on the ticketing link, which mm -hmm. then adds them to my um, email marketing right. um, software. And then they go and they purchase the ticket to the workshop or the webinar or whatever event you're running. So there's definitely a way that you could be running paid workshops and events. And I, actually, before lockdown in Northern Ireland, I was running um, LinkedIn business breakfasts in Belfast, where I live. Mm -hmm. And I set those up as events on LinkedIn. There's so much to it. So you can create an event, you invite your audience to it, and then you can create content inside the event that is separate to the newsfeed and start conversations with the people who are coming to your event you could take pictures at the event and upload them. And then afterwards, you could, um, you know, thank everybody for coming and tag the people that came and share images from the event too. You know, there's lots you can do with events, but absolutely you can monetize oh. the events you're running by using a third party um, link for those tickets. Well, that's genius because you could also actually, if you're doing specialized the webinar, or whatever, if you're using that event, like you were mentioning, you can actually mm -hmm. tailor make it and make it really, really specific to that audience's needs who's coming to your event. Yeah. So that's a genius yeah. idea too. So what is the, um, you know, we've talked about all this stuff and all the things going on. What should we do first? There's so much going on, you know, all these, there's like four or five new features and, you know, everyone's wanting mm -hmm. to get on LinkedIn. So 
calm us down a little bit, Louise, and tell us what we need to work on first. You know, everybody wants to go after the shiny things. What do you think is the lowest hanging fruit or give us the biggest ROI with some of these new features coming up? Honestly, I think it's it's time to start um, inviting your network to follow your company page. And you're, you're allowed to invite 100 of your own personal network to follow your page. I think it's weekly. So start building up your audience on there and start providing content that actually is of interest to your target audience. So start there before you start jumping across and creating events and thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to go live on my page. But although actually um, LinkedIn Live seems to have opened the gate today right. to a lot of new people. Earlier today, there was three three of my um, network were going live at the same time. So wow. there seems to have been a lot of people have been accepted to LinkedIn Live this week. Um, but, you know, taking it back to the drawing board, what, what is your company page for? What are you actually trying to market? Who's your target audience? And start creating content that answers their questions that they, that they want answers to and build up that loyal audience. And then when you've got you know, an event coming up, you've got an audience sitting there waiting to be invited to the event. So it always comes back to creating good content that engages your target audience for me. Mm, that's, that's a great advice right there. So mm. very cool. Well, even more news is coming up on LinkedIn. So uh, exciting. Yeah. There, wait, there's more. <laughs> so apparently Microsoft also announced that LinkedIn targeting is now available on their search ads. So they're saying that this is a unique and easy way for advertisers to target highly relevant audiences based on the user's job function, industry and company, which surprise LinkedIn all provides, right? Provides all of that, right? Mm. So uh, this much anticipated feature is now available to advertisers in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, France, and Germany. It is one of three new audience targeting options being announced by Microsoft. So the first two are dynamic retargeting lists and in-market audiences. And these are available in France and Germany for search campaigns. And then, of course, this LinkedIn profile targeting, which is available in both search and uh, audience campaigns. Right. So this is all very exciting. However... Let's take this to a practical level, right? So let's convince the boss. Mm. So let's say we just got our boss, our business owner, to just agree to Facebook and Instagram ads. How do we convince them that it's worth it to advertise on LinkedIn as well? So I do not run LinkedIn ads for clients. And I have people that I would refer to who are experts at that. But I think the thing with LinkedIn ads is that because... The data LinkedIn has is so detailed about the the workplace, the industry, the job title, you know, the location of the people that you're trying to target. It's really accurate. So, you know, it does cost more than other advertising space in the social media world. Although, I mean, again, I'm not a Facebook ads person. So I don't know what the prices are there at the moment anyway. But it's, it's really, really accurate. So I think that if you work with somebody who is a LinkedIn ad specialist, then you get a, a really good return for your spend if you knew who your target. I mean, there's so much work you have to do around ads. You have to understand who it is you're actually wanting to target in the first place. I keep getting invited to with ads to do in my in-mail saying, do I right. want to do an MBA? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so make sure that you're actually targeting the right people as well. And there's lots of different places that you can put your ads on LinkedIn. I think one of the best places is actually when it comes up as a sponsored post in the news feed because it doesn't stand out from all the other posts in the feed. And if you're really clever about you know, the imagery and the, and the text that you use, I think you could get really, really good leads as a result of that. The, in, the sponsored in-mails, I think, you know, I don't click on too many of those, but if they're with the right headline, I would click on it. So, right. you know, the ads is about more than just how much money do you spend and right. who do you target. It's about the content as well, isn't it? Yeah. So Alex asked this question over on YouTube. He goes, uh, when you say Microsoft, because we're talking about the news, does that mean Bing? Is it yeah. there? It's there. It's their network. So I was wondering yeah. that as well. So thanks for that question, Alex. So it is on the Bing kind of network. Mm-hmm. And Jesse has this comment from over on LinkedIn. She, uh, he goes, we run LinkedIn ads around the world, but you need a budget, which is very true yeah. from what we've heard from our pal AJ uh, Wilcox as well, that mm-hmm. it can be a little pricey. So you need to know, kind of know what you're doing. So um, what do you think on that subject, uh, Louise, uh, what is the ROI on LinkedIn ads from some people that you've talked to? Is, is your opinion, is it worth that premium price tag that you are paying for it? Because uh, I mentioned AJ before, who we had on the show, AJ Wilcox, and he says he's been using these new ads. And, you know, he says we've been getting like a one to 120 uh, CPC. And so he's a real fan of it. He likes it. So, yeah. but of course he's a genius when it comes to LinkedIn ads. So I guess <laughs> your mileage may vary on that, but, um, what is it worth it? Do you think with this premium price tag? I actually do. So on my podcast, I had a, um, a guest uh, who must've been about six months ago called Alex Curtis, who mm-hmm. runs um, the lead engine in the UK. So he works with people, specifically in the finance sector. And he is a raving fan of LinkedIn ads because he really knows what he's doing with them. Mm-hmm. And he said, you get a really good, great return on your money for what you spend. Um, and again, you know, it's, it's understanding what you do with them. Yes, it is more expensive, but if you are really targeting the right audience, then I think it could be really worth it. Uh, but I would defer completely to AJ and Alex on this. Right, right. So <laughs> here's the other question, and you may not know the answer and feel free to say, no, I don't know. Because, but since you're over across the pond and, um, you know, how is LinkedIn getting by all the data privacy regulation that's being legislated in so many countries? Like we had GDPR and now California's got the California Consumer Protection Act, the mm-hmm. European, European Union General Data Protection Regulation. So how are, you know, if you are going to advertise on LinkedIn, how are you protecting yourself from that? Mm. Well, I actually think that LinkedIn are kind of putting the onus back on um, the marketers here. So okay. When I, I did a little bit of research into this and they're saying that, you know, for GDPR in Europe, you have got to have um, extra opt-in um, mm-hmm. checkboxes on your forms, extra opt-in checkboxes on your lead generation forms. And it's really up to you as the marketer. So they have so much content on this under their privacy pages on LinkedIn that I think they've really wrapped a big layer of protection around themselves and they're saying you have to make sure that you include these things in order to protect yourself with GDPR so it's definitely worth checking I mean I think personally as someone who lives in Europe I think GDPR has been brilliant (laughs) for stopping spam emails etc etc so we may have to not let you ever come back for saying it was a good thing so there's a lot of marketers who watch. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Yeah. But uh, boy, how do you talk about getting marketers up in arms is when you start talking about, you know, what you can do and email and stuff. So it's, it's, I, that was a joke. So um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's very, very, very cool. But the wait, 
there is more LinkedIn stories. So this is going to be a weird thing. Grace, what is our LinkedIn stories? We've talked about this before, but what's going on? Yes, we're going to need a refresh on LinkedIn stories. But the news is that LinkedIn is now testing a new option that enables users to add a URL link to their LinkedIn story frames. So that's the little frames that they have. And so this functionality appears to be similar to what we see in other stories products, namely Instagram, uh, where you would swipe up on the frame to access uh, the text URL and to go to that website, right? Or to go to that page. So this is just a test for now. I personally have not seen it. And I was wondering, Louise, is this something you've seen in Northern Ireland where you are? No, and I cannot wait to get LinkedIn stories. <laughs> I am a stories fan. Um, when I go to Instagram, I don't bother with the newsfeed. I just go to the stories. So LinkedIn stories are available in Australia, Brazil, France, Netherlands, and the United Arab Emirates. And that is it. And they were rolling them out um, kind of like a country a month. And they stopped with Australia in June or July. And I'm like, when are we getting LinkedIn stories? Uh-huh. But I did notice about a month ago, In the privacy settings, they now have story settings in privacy settings here in the UK. So I'm like, it must be coming soon. Um, But I think it's a brilliant thing that you could link. So I could be doing a LinkedIn story talking about um, a webinar that I'm hosting next week. Um, They're they're 20 seconds long. They last for 24 hours, same Mm -hmm. as other stories. And the idea behind them is that they're kind of like a light and fun way to do a post on LinkedIn. The clients that I work with, I say, post, if you can post, Twice a week on LinkedIn, you're flying way above your peers by doing that. But LinkedIn stories, you could be doing like a little short clip a couple of times a day and it would be a different kind of content. So Mm. I'm really excited about them. However, if you are in the UK, I don't know if you can get this in the US, and you use the mobile LinkedIn app and you press the button at the bottom to create a post. If you do a video post from the mobile app on the LinkedIn mobile app, The format of that video post allows you to add the text and stickers, which are identical to what they have in LinkedIn stories Mm. in the countries that have LinkedIn stories. So it's almost like we have the ability to do the story style format, not with the URL yet, because I did check earlier this morning Mm. to make sure, but you can do that format with the stickers. And I, again, it's really limited in the number of stickers that you can have and that you can add. And they're quite work focused as well. But you can do that and create a video post from your mobile, which people will see in their desktops. The other thing about LinkedIn stories is that you create them on your mobile app and they're only supposed to be visible in the mobile app. So they're not going to be visible in the desktop. Oh, so maybe that's, that's why it's taking them a while to roll them out. Um, but I'm I'm excited about them. So, OK, I know you're excited, but you are a LinkedIn nerd. So, I, you know, and I say that with love. Uh, but how effective are LinkedIn videos. I mean, do we really need stories on LinkedIn? I mean, is, are they trying to be TikTok and Snapchat? I mean, you know, you said those stickers are work related. I mean, are they like water cooler sticker? I mean, what, I mean, what, what would be a work related sticker? Like I'm bored, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I want to go home. Is it five o'clock yet? What I mean, or the, is this the weekend? Cause nobody knows. Cause time is shut down now uh, around the world. Yeah. So, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's the market, but I mean, everyone else is on stories and they're like, okay, Microsoft is like, okay, we'll do it too. I mean, do you think if it really rolls out to everybody that people will use it? And it is kind of a disconnect with not being on desktop. Yeah. So I did some research into the statistics around LinkedIn and mobile usage. So 58% of Mm. um, people are accessing LinkedIn 
through their mobile app. And 61% of their users apparently are 25 to 34 years old. So it's a younger audience and, and that audience are more in tune with the whole right. stories and um, social media I'm not in that age group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. Uh, so uh, so I, that makes sense because they are wanting to court the younger market and those younger people yeah. are going to be looking for jobs and all that kind of stuff. So it does make sense for them to do something that they are familiar with. So yes. I just need to quit saying get off my lawn and just accept, you know, that stories <laughs> just- are... Just accept yeah. the stories, Jeff. It's going to happen. I'll let it, I'll let it happen. It's just, it's just <laughs> funny to me. It's like Microsoft is becoming cool again. It's just that's what's happening. So, <laughs> Jeff, you could just stay with LinkedIn on your desktop and you'll never see the stories. So that's you don't true. Have to worry about them. See, well, that's another thing. It's like that's kind of a bummer. But I guess if the, if, uh, the younger demographics are never using the desktop, it really doesn't matter. So. Mm, yeah, and that is true. So that leads us to our next question. Louise, you shared some brilliant stats on mobile usage and demographic around it. So as a company, as marketers, as people wanting to market our brand or our products and and our companies through LinkedIn, should we be sharing things that are adapted more for the mobile as opposed to desktop consumption on LinkedIn? Because I mainly and I'm on LinkedIn on my Mm. desktop, right? So when I see something in the feed and it's a, it it oftentimes it'll link to, let's say a study, right? And that opens up another page and then there's a whole, like none of that (laughs) is tailored for mobile. It's more, it's tailored for desktop, right? So should we be creating more content that is mobile friendly for LinkedIn? You see, I am not sure about this because I personally, I am a desktop user, that's how I like to access um, LinkedIn. I don't know if, if 2020 is kind of accelerating this change of should it be more mobile friendly for LinkedIn as well, because more people are not sitting behind a computer monitor at their desk. I'm not sure. Um, I think for now, I would stick with creating the content that works well on a desktop um, because, you know, if you when you create the like the vertical videos and images and stuff, it doesn't always translate onto the desktop. Whereas mm-hmm. I think um, if you create for desktop, you can still access it on most of that stuff on your mobile. And um, but in terms of the other types of content, yeah, I, I agree with you, Grace. It's it's kind of tricky. Um, maybe if your target audience on LinkedIn are that you know the twenty somethings, um, maybe you should be thinking right. Let's focus on creating this for mobile rather than for desktop, maybe it, you know, if your audience is slightly older, then stick with the desktop style. Mm. Well, and that would be a good use for that, uh, the view audience tab, right? That they just rolled out. What is it? <laughs> we just talked about it five minutes ago. Oh, the page followers. View, view page followers. Yeah, mm. because it gives you some basic demographic info. So that's a good tip, I think. Yeah. So, um, no, that's fantastic, Louise. Thank you so much. Yeah, Louise, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that you're finally able to join us on the show. It's awesome. So um, we want to, before we let you go, we want to make sure that you tell people what is the best place they can find to connect and what you got going on. Excellent. Well, come and connect with me on LinkedIn. So that would be a great place to start. <laughs> it's Louise Brogan. Um, so there's not too many Louise Brogans on LinkedIn, just me. Uh, so come connect with me there. But also my website is socialbni. Dot com and the NI stands for Northern Ireland. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah. And you um, have so and yeah. you have a special thing that's you're going on right now. So you have a, a live workshop coming on, and that's uh, I'm going to say it for the the podcast people. It's at socialbni.com uh, forward slash power dash up dash your dash LinkedIn. So what is that about? That's a that's a, a a mouthful. But what is what are you doing for that? 
It's um, it's a three-part live workshop that I do, and it runs across a week. So it's a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And on each day, I have an hour of live training followed by 30 minutes Q&A um, for the, the attendees. And we dive deep into how to write a profile that will make you stand out in LinkedIn, what kind of content works in LinkedIn, how to build a network around you that's going to turn into um, sales and growth for your business. Um, and I, I've run it before. And I really, I love teaching people and I love teaching people live. So I'm really excited about it. And you do such a great job explaining things. And also, you also have a free uh, guide to getting a LinkedIn content plan. We want to tell people about that as well. So it's social B-E-E. NI.com forward slash download. You can get this free content plan. So make sure you guys go check that out on Louise's uh, website as well. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Oh, I've had an absolute ball. Thank you. Right. Louise, it's been lovely. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, we got a couple of blurbs before we wrap up today's show. So the first one. So I didn't know, this kind of took me by surprise because I didn't know people were doing this, but Messenger is issuing forwarding limits to prevent misinformation. So if you didn't hear this, that Facebook introduced a forwarding limit on Messenger to slow the spread of viral misinformation and harmful content that has potential to cause real world harm. And you can only now forward to five people or groups at one time. So Facebook says it's going to slow the spread of uh, viral misinformation and harmful content because they've kind of been uh, getting some bad press about that. So they've been repeatedly criticized for not cracking down on false information. So uh, WhatsApp did the same thing over in April, and they said it really does help limit the spread of the bad messaging. And they actually saw a 70% decrease in messaging forwarding around the world. So uh, if you're trying to forward all up to a bunch of people and it's not working for you, that's what's happening. Time to rework your messenger plans, your right. messenger your strategy. Messenger right? strategy, exactly. <laughs> so we have a slew of TikTok news. Remember TikTok? Their future is still uncertain in the U.S. And so one of their big priorities the last couple of weeks has been strengthening those relationships with creators and brands. It's become the company's top priority. And part of this, they officially unveiled the TikTok for Business Marketing Program with nearly 25 certified partners across various areas of economic expertise and includes, of course, this includes campaign management, uh, creative development, branded effects and measurement. You know, all the other uh, platforms have a similar program as well. I know Facebook definitely right. does for Instagram and Facebook. So other things that TikTok has been doing recently is they released, you know, that new creator fund, which I think marked at $200 million to pay top creators on the platform. So this is something that if you are looking to beef up your TikTok marketing in this time, then check it out. Again, it's the marketing partners program for advertisers. And if you haven't checked TikTok out in a while, you may want to go update your app because they have introduced a new stitch tool for better video mashups. So if you're doing a lot of video mashups, you need to go check this out. It's a new editing tool called Stitch, and it enables users to clip and integrate snippets of other people's videos to create responses uh, or remixes on the same theme. And it's kind of like Duet, but Stitch is a way to reinterpret and add to another user's content, building on their stories, tutorials, recipes, math lessons, 
math lessons and more. So the video examples pr uh, provided by TikTok, you'll see Stitch is essentially more directly integrated version of the current duet kind of functionality that they've had, which enables users to respond to a clip by side, with side-to-side -side playback. Uh, both duets and remixes are a vital part, part of how users interact and engage on TikTok, um, if you're not familiar with that. So this update does make a lot of sense. The question I had was like, okay, but what if I do a, a, a TikTok video of like my beard grooming tips and I don't want people to use that and make it go viral and do stuff on top of it. So how do you protect against that? And Grace found well, an article on how to do that. I did. Uh, Adweek, which is always looking out for us advertisers, has published an article on how to stop users from being able to stitch your videos, right? So it is, it's an adweek.com, but I'll walk you through the steps. So basically you go to, in your account, you go to me at the bottom right corner of the screen. You tap those three dots at the corner of the screen you tap privacy and under that tab, you'll find a safety section and there will be an option there of who can stitch your video. So you can say everyone, friends or no one. So if you are uh, you a no brand friends. and you don't want your stuff showing up, yeah, because, you know, once it's stitched, you kind of lose control of it anyway. So if you want to protect yourself from that, do enable those features. And let me tell you, I fell into a TikTok hole this week, Jeff. I know you told fell me about it. it. You almost didn't get out. So I lost a day. Yeah. And it is, this it's, is a very big part of what TikTok's it, all about right now. It so. is made for to keep you addicted to it. So uh, another yeah. cool thing, this is I always love stuff that helps out creators, but TikTok and Teespring, they're integrating to let creators sell merch in apps like T-shirts and stuff like that. So they announced a new partnership with the online merch platform Teespring which is one of the biggest t-shirt makers and uh, product makers out there. They allow creators to seamlessly sell merchandise within the app. So many creators I had already partnered with Teespring develop branded, to develop branded merchandise, but this is the first time that creators can sell their products directly to fans through the app. So creators will be able to create designs from on up to 180 different Teespring products and develop even unique ones as well. So then they can add, add, directly add links to their branded merch in their TikTok videos. Uh, and The Verge had reported that TikTok plans to roll, roll out the integration soon, and it's currently being tested in a private beta with a limited group about of 7,000 TikTok creators in the U.S. So that's what we know about it. Uh, we will sure uh, let you know when that rolls out because I think it's a great way for people to, you know, engage their community, but also make a little extra change if they're selling t-shirts and they have a good uh, TikTok presence. So I think that's great for, uh, for creators everywhere. So that is the news, but we want to make sure that you do not forget if you're wanting to take your YouTube to the next level, you want to increase your reach, you want to improve your engagement, you want to turn your viewers into customers, uh, you want to make sure to join us for with 12 of the world's top YouTube pros by going to uh, uh, examiner.com forward slash summit and signing up from the YouTube Marketing Summit from us here at Social Media Examiner. It's amazing because I know we've, we've kind of dove into uh, LinkedIn today, but 82% um, of marketers want to learn more about YouTube. So this event is right up your alley if you're wanting to do that. So go to socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit to find out more. And also don't forget that this is a podcast. You can sign up and subscribe uh, to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we have new episodes coming out every Saturday. We would love 
for you to leave us a review. It really does help us get the show out to more people. So if you would do that, we would, Grace will, you know, she'll love you forever. Um, but our next show, it's Friday, September 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And wherever you are, you can find out when and what we'll be talking about on our weekly show calendar. You can find it at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. And we can't wait to see all of you at our next show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jeff, for being a fantastic host, as you are every single week. And a special thank you to Louise Brogan, who joined us today. She was the first time on the show, so it was really exciting to have her on. I learned a ton about LinkedIn, and I hope you guys did, too. See you next time, everybody. Thanks a bunch. Have a good weekend. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.